0: If you have a Bible with you, would you please turn with me to the book of Ephesians, if you need to switch it on on your device or you've got something old-fashioned called a book, um, open it out to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read you just a few verses. Today, I really want to speak to you personally about your foundations, the things that, that you're building your life on, the things that you're hoping on that actually God designs the church in such a way as the foundational parts of our lives are set properly. Let's read this passage of Scripture first. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. I I can't really do a, a full detailed swing through all what an apostle is, all what a prophet is, but I want you to pick up two important things today. Let's read it first. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and you're also members of his household. God's burning desire is... That there is one church, one body, and that you feel a part of it. I know coming to a new church is difficult, and it will take you a while to get in. But as you connect into a group, as you come to our causes, as you connect in with friendships, it might take you two years. But stay and come, because God's heart is your part of a household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as our chief cornerstone, tying it all together. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you two are being built together. That's the goal of ministry, to build us up and build us together. You're being built together to be a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Now, every time I say the word church today, I want you to think, that's me. Not, not me, Mark. That's you. Say, say to yourself, when He says church, He means me. You see, the goal of these messages over the summer is so that you can see the perfect design of the church us together, and you as a person that God has put in place in our lives for our benefit. He's trying to build you. He's trying to shape you. He's trying to mold us. And as we know in life, and some of you, I was talking to a lady in KT the other week that works in very difficult circumstances in in a difficult school, building uh, young lives. And as you know, when the foundations in our lives are not in place, then, then other things that are built on are shaky. And it's really important that we have good foundations. We talk about foundations in marriage, talk about foundations in our lives. Are you with me, Church, about that? That you you need good foundations. In the scripture, Christ says, I will be your foundation. In fact, in this scripture, it says Christ is the chief cornerstone holding it all together. He, he is the foundation, the cornerstone of your life. How many of you know Kate Bush? I mean, you might not know her personally, but have you heard of the, you know, that Kate Bush is number one in the charts right now? I know that you are all so holy that you don't watch the charts. I know that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, you know the staff have asked me not to sing to you. But, but Kate Bush sings a song, doesn't she? I'm running up that hill... Okay, you look at. Has anybody, does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you don't know, it's really difficult. I am running up that hill. You know, it's from the Netflix uh, program, which you don't watch really, it's Stranger Things. But in that song, do you know that actually this is what she says? And if only I. See, Claudette's waiting for me to sing it. I know that she is. But it says this. And if, only, and if only I could, I'd make a deal with God and I'd get him to swap places. That's what it says in that song. Jesus says, I'll take that deal. I'll swap places with you. I'll take your sin, you can have my righteousness. I'll go on the cross, you go free. I'll take your punishment, you get my freedom. You see, what Jesus is doing is he's saying, I'll be the foundation in your life. Build your life on me, on my teachings, on my character, on my spirit. If you build there, things will last. But there's always a question for those of us who are more mature Christians, are we still basing our lives on that commitment? Have we let other things, or have we tempted, are we tempted for Christ now to be the add on, not the foundation? Are we we basing our lives on, oh, if only I got this promotion, or if only I got that acquisition? And we forget our true foundations. Our temptation all the time is to make Christ the add on instead of the basis. Here's our true foundation. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 10. Paul puts it like this. By the grace of God given to me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Are you a wise builder in your life? I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. There will be layers to your life. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If Jesus is not your source and he's not your foundation, he's become an add on, he's become something you do on Sundays, then you need to restore the foundations. I'm going to talk to you later about restoring your foundations. Because there's a lie, and I'm going to say it now, I'll say it later, there's a lie often in our lives that once your foundations are gone, there's no hope. But actually, I know a foundation restorer, and his name is Jesus, who will rebuild foundations in your life. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light and it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. I want to ask you, is your life on the right foundation? These lovely people at the front who are getting baptized today, they are saying, I'm building my life on Jesus. I've come to that conclusion. I've given him my sins. I've given him... My life, and I am saying now, from now on, he is the director and the foundation of my life. Or have you started to build your life, and it's applicable to Kathy and I, to us also, on slightly differing other things? This platform is not our foundation, our ministry is not our foundation, our foundation is Jesus Christ Himself. And you see, a key role in this laying right foundations in our lives is these ministries, the five-fold ministries, or God's design for the church, of how He's called us together into community, is these offices and these ministries of apostle and prophet. I'll do those two today, just to, as a quick overview, that, that help us with the construction of the church. When I say church, what do I mean? Yes. Me. Say me. Yes. Okay. It, where an apostle and a prophet function helps to construct me and you together. And also, it helps us to connect the church. When I say church, who do I mean? Okay, the apostles and prophets help us construct and connect the church, and they really help us to shape us and build our lives. Let me just give you a little overview. I'm not going to talk, say everything there is to say. People who say lots of better things than me. But an apostle is a sent one with delegated orders. You, you are an apostle to your work. You've been sent there with the order to share and to show the love of Christ. To care and to show the character of Christ. The, And the the apostle is sent out with delegated orders. They set things in order and lay foundations. But actually, you can say, well, foundations are already laid. But apostles also restore foundations that have been eroded. And that often our lives uh, have come to a life where they need to have foundations reshaped. Apostles are like spiritual parents, architects, builders. They, they are peacemakers, troubleshooters, and, and problem solvers. And, and in our very individualistic culture, sometimes they say, I don't need anybody like that. But actually, one of the reasons why God gives apostles is so that he wants to see how you respond to authority and covering. And the reason he gives prophets is he wants to see how open you are to revelation. Authority and revelation are foundation builders in our lives. And I just wonder how open we are to that. Now when I say apostles carry authority, this is always delegated appropriately by the church and it's actually an invitation from you. No authority should be imposed on you. When Paul, and, uh, when Paul and Barnabas were sent out from Antioch, listen to what it says in Acts 13, it says, while they were worshiping and the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. It was God had done something in their lives, So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And it was everybody that did that in leadership. It it wasn't just a little group or uh, a group that liked Barnabas and and Saul. It was the church that said, no, we affirm this, we delegate this. You see, the goal of an apostle is to give advice and direction that sees the church, when I say church, who am I talking about, succeed. They are not trying to control leaders. Uh, their ministry is one of maybe one of giving advice that leads to success. It's a ministry based on relationship, exercised in a sphere of, of influence. In this manner, the apostolic ministry and apostles is evidenced by a call from the Lord and a commissioning by the church. And actually, real apostles... Have a sense of the supernatural and, and will, you will see healings and uh, miracles through their ministry. Now, apostles have to be affirmed by other leaders within the local body and without of the local body. All authority is on the basis of loving relationship. It can't be self-appointed, and it must never be by a little group. Oh, you know, I like that person, so he is our apostle or she is our apostle. It has to be that it serves the whole. Listen to what Paul said. This is his heart expressed in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, if others have the right to support you, shouldn't we also have it all the more? But we did not use this right. Be very careful of people who are grabbing Authority or demanding authority. But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than to hinder the gospel. Though I am free to belong to no one, I have made myself the slave of everyone to win as many people as possible. If you want to be an apostle at work, serve everyone at work so that you equip them and release them into their destiny, and God will look after you. All apost- apostolic ministry is there to release your gift as the church, not to create a ceiling for you. Now, if you carry leadership in our church, be really careful you're not building a ceiling. You've got to build a launch pad. Can you hear an amen? Amen. For people in your influence, you have to build a launch pad, not a ceiling. You need to let them fly. We have to see that certainly there'll be times when leaders shape people, hold hold people back uh, because of timing. But ultimately, it's about releasing. You know, one of my most horrific moments as a parent I've had a couple of you know, moments, and, and uh, parents in the room, you may be able to rel- relate to this. I walked in our kitchen one time, and Lydia now, who's over 40, so don't worry, she did survive this incident. I walked in the kitchen, and I don't know how this happened. I walked in the kitchen, and she's there with a carving knife. And she's kind of like, going, yeah, I can cut the meat. I can do this, I can do that. And the blood drained out of my Face, And I'm thinking, this could go really bad, because I knew that it was razor sharp. So I just kind of, just looked her in the eyes and said, hey, how are you doing, sweetheart? That's really great. Can I just have that? And she was saying, yeah, hey, dad. And I'm going, yo. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Lydia might be watching on the internet, actually, but Lydia, our older daughter, she was the one that, uh, we used to live in Glasgow, and i bring my motorbike into the house because we lived in an area that you needed the motorbike in the house or it would have been dismantled and stolen. And um, not every area is like Notting Hill. You do realize that, don't you? Anyway, so, um, and as I brought the motorbike in the house, she went out the door and walked down the street and she was about two years old, you know. You'd probably be thinking I'm a really bad parent. I just want to say Lydia was just very different. <laughs> I'm not blaming her. Anyway, back to the carving knife. And so she was like uh, swishing it around, and I just, was, just looked her in the eyes and eventually took that carving knife off her. There are times when leaders say no because of timing that it might hurt you. That's just normal leadership. Can I just let you know that both of my daughters can use a carving knife today, and I don't care whether they pick it up or not. And that's what leaders do. Leaders sometimes say, hold off for a while so that you can grow into that role. Apostles are like spiritual parents. They're there to bring completion, not competition. Be really careful of leaders who want to bring competition. They have a found, and it's important that you have a foundational person in your life. Now, in our individualistic culture, the reason why I'm saying this is first of all, one of your growth points and my growth point will be always how you relate to authority. Authority, I'll come back to how it's supposed to be, but it has to be releasing so that you can grow. Prophets are there to bring thoughts that are yet not known. In fact, the word, the Greek word pro means before and phatimus means thinking. It's before thinking. It means releasing of thoughts that have not yet come. And what prophets do is call down higher things and wake up dormant things in our lives. And in your life, you need some revelation. You need something that isn't just coming out of the manual, but it's coming from heaven. A prophet is someone who sees what others don't see. He hears what others, don't, what, what others cannot hear, but they speak what others will not speak and they you know they they can be unusual people Uh, two prophets came and were meeting one uh, time and one says oh I can see that you're doing well how am I doing you know they're kind of strange people okay you didn't get that joke but never mind I'm going to sing Kate Bush instead the prophets can often complicate things and they can be unusual people how many of you know a prophet don't put your hand up and they're a bit strange at times they can complicate things some of you are going oh yeah I, mean, I, mean. I see things differently sherlock holmes uh, was away on a camping trip with watson uh his, dr watson his assistant and they were camping and they were exhausted because they had a busy day and they went to sleep and about three o'clock in the morning Sherlock Holmes and w- wakes up and sees the stars, uh, you know, in the sky and everything. And and uh, Watson wakes up and he says, and Sherlock Holmes says to Doctor Watson, "What does the stars tell you, uh, Doctor Watson?" He says, "Oh, they tell me uh, uh, astrologically that Orion is is high in the sky tonight, which means that it's the season now that we're moving into, maybe quite different uh, astronomically." Uh, 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 seasonally it tells me that we're in the summer uh, time wise it's about three o'clock because I can tell by the angle of that star and also theologically it tells me that there is a marvellous and wonderful God and Sherlock Holmes looks at me and says as he looks up in the sky he says it tells me that somebody's stolen our tent <laughs> sometimes prophets make things more complicated But their main function in your life is to bring you strength, encouragement, and comfort. There was a difficult situation in the early church where they had to give out a rule. And it says, as they went around delivering the letter, it says this, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. They may speak difficult things, but it has to be for your strengthening. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, it says, But those who prophesy speak to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Please don't get in a strong relationship with an Old Testament prophet. You need a strengthening and encouraging now, it's not that say they won't say tough hard, and hard things, but a prophet must have the highest character. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it says that the spirit of prophecy bears the testimony to Jesus. If you would like to uh, get close to a prophet, you have to see that their character is high, very much like Jesus. You see, when you receive a word, it's often a confirmation. I've got time to teach into this a lot, but I will teach into it later in the summer. Often when you receive a prophetic word, it's often a confirmation of what God has been saying to you anyway. It's often not just picked revelation out of the sky. Sometimes it will be, but there's always a process to processing a prophetic word. First of all, you'll receive revelation. And that is uh, something that catches your attention, that you know is a God thing. But secondly, there has to be interpretation. There has to be a, a time of seeking in the Scripture and maybe with leaders, and well, definitely with leaders. In fact, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 13, 1, that everything must be established by two or three witnesses. And this is so true of prophetic word. You can get a word in this service, and I want to say to you, process it. Don't just run with it. And then third stage is application, practical steps and timings of that prophetic word. Revelation, interpretation, which is processed with leaders and with scriptures, and then application where you work out timings. Slow down when you receive a prophetic word. I'm just trying to be a pastor here. Because many people have ran with prophetic words too quickly. But I'm going to wrap up because we want to baptise these lovely people. But I just want to breathe in some of the things about our church and saying we need to restore some foundations. Apostles and prophets often work together. They're foundation builders. And really what God is wanting to see is how open are you to healthy authority not just authority but healthy authority there's some authorities that are toxic you don't need to be open to them at all healthy authority how open are you some people in the house today may be so damaged that you're not open to any authority whether it's healthy or not you're just saying no i'm my own man and my own woman God is going to send people along so that you can trust, so that you can be open to healthy authority. And God wants to see whether you're open to revelation. Could God drop a word in your life that begins to grow and become something of a real direction for you? You see, authority, it's got to be invitational. It can't just be imposed on you. You have to invite it into your life. Authority is often seasonal. Did you know that? The God puts different authorities in your life in different seasons. Of course, there's respect. There are people I respect for all my life, but as far as authority, it's seasonal. Some some authorities move, and you're not to be under them anymore. It's seasonal, and some uh, all authority must be releasing. It has to be that they're helping you move to your next level. Do you remember Paul with Timothy and Titus? He didn't go to Crete, Paul didn't. He said, Titus, you go there. Timothy, can you set the church in order in Ephesus? He released them for them to do their work. Authority has to be releasing. It has to be equipping. If it's holding you down, that's not healthy authority. Now, it might hold you back, but it should never hold you down. Prophetic uh, revelation uh, should always have a response to it. You should not be quick, though, in, r- in running with a prophetic word. It has to be processed. It has to be weighed. But also, as well as not being quick, it should not be quenched. It, 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 ha- it should never be ignored. You should always say, God, are you, are you speaking to me? It should always be based on the word of God and it should be building and releasing God's preferred future for you. Do you feel like this is good food? Is this helping? Is this something that you can begin to say, okay, that's given me some things to think about. Now here's the lie that I want to demolish today. That if you have eroded or built some wrong things in your foundations, I want to say to you they can be restored because God is a foundation restorer. I, I know that my background, I didn't have good foundations growing up and the church has been a mother and father to me to build the right foundations in my life. If your background has been difficult or you have got off track I want to prophesy over you today, right now, you can always restore your foundations in Christ. And it's never too late for anyone. In fact, I wonder if you would stand with me for a few moments. Your foundations in Christ are always built and and good relationships and hearing the word can be restored. I wonder if you would just close your eyes for a moment. And maybe if it helps you prophetically, you could just hold your hands out in front of you to receive. Because I want to read a scripture over you. Just ask the worship team to come as well. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. I I believe this is a word for us, but also it will mean particularly for some people today. Isaiah 58, verse 11 says this. The Lord will guide you always. I want you to speak that into your life. Some of you are a little unfor- and unsure about your future. But the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Come on, receive that. He will strengthen your frame. I'm going to say that again because I believe some people's framework to your life is is shaky. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. Like a spring whose waters never fail. Jesus said out of your belly... The water of the Holy Spirit will flow. Just receive this word. Because here's the bit where I want to break a lie. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins, and you will raise up the age old foundations. You see, God's a restorer of foundations, things that have been broken that should have been there, father relationships that, that they didn't do exactly what they're supposed to have done and that foundation's broken. But here, receive this word, he will raise up age-old foundations, Amen. put them back in your life. You will be called repairer of broken walls. Restorer of streets with dwellings. Come on, receive that. Receive that. Restore the foundations, Lord. Now, of course, we have to keep the Sabbath and we have to not just do as we please. And there are some conditions to that. But right now, would you receive that word? You see, the reason why God gives us apostles and prophets is because he wants us to be able to see how we'll relate to healthy authority and he wants to be able to hear how we will receive revelation. So right now, can you receive the revelation that he will raise up age-old foundations and repair them in your life? You will be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets and dwellings. And we will build one great, great future church as Christ builds it. Let me share my heart with you. I really pray for the day. I really do that when people are queuing out the door like it used to be. I really pray for that day. But you know what? I don't want to just do that just so that we can justify ourselves and say, oh, it's as good as the past. We need to build a ministry that reaches out to London, transforms lives, completely changes people for their sake, not for our sake. Amen. Who's with me? Amen? Amen? Yeah, come on, it's okay. You can give the Lord a clap offering.